Hey Fi fans, you're now listening to Behind the Mic with Michelle Joy Phelps, but before we start, I'd like to ask you to hit the subscribe button below and support the new podcast. Today I speak with Carl Frotch about doing the virtual, or possibly doing the virtual press conference with Joe Calzahi, the super middleweight division at the moment, and his theory on the earth being flat, amongst a few other conspiracy theories. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Fi fans, Michelle Joy Phelps, and welcome to the first ever episode of my new podcast called Behind the Mic. And I'm joined now, as you can see, got Carl Frotch. I wanted to say next to me, but you're kind of across the world at the moment, <laughs> um, all the way from Nottingham in the United Kingdom. Thank you, Carl, for being here. Pleasure. I didn't realize this was your first podcast. Yep, you're my first guest. Why don't you tell me that beforehand? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it was that important. Well, I could have got some royalties on this. This might be a big <laughs> hit moving forward. <laughs> and look, I'm not trying to compete with yours. I know that you got your own podcast going, which, by the way, I was listening to today. Oh, really? Last one from last Wednesday. Did you like the trilogy of the before the fight, during the fight, and then after the fight? Did you like yeah, that? I found it to be interesting. You know me, I've I've always been really interested in getting to know more about the fighter, mm. like the person, not always just the fighter, because yeah. we don't get to see behind closed doors what um, you go through, family goes through, friends go through, uh, your work colleagues. You know, it's, it's just a whole whole different realm of, of your life that we don't really get to get a glimpse into. Right. So. I'll try to, try to make it a bit di bit different. So you was listening to Frotch on Fighting today, was you? Yep. So what's your podcast called? Behind the Mic with oh, Michelle right, okay. Joy Phelps. <laughs> you know, trying to keep it close to yeah. Behind the Gloves, but I really wanted to create something that allowed for me to speak a bit more about things I'm passionate about and it's not just boxing like I have so many other interests and um, I, I kind of wanted to sort of show a side to me that only family and friends get to see and you know hopefully take into consideration that I'm gonna have my own opinion on things so that people don't come too hard for me when I say certain stuff but ultimately I just want to you know open up and and talk about a bunch of different stuff Cool. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, you sound so excited. Okay, you First and foremost, to, um, listen to Frosh on Fighting, I think. First and foremost, Carl, uh, how are you sort of adjusting to this whole, like, staying indoors? How are you keeping yourself from going stir-crazy? Well, I've not been staying indoors for a start. I've been outside every day. The weather's been really kind to us here in England for a change. We've had some nice weather. And um, I've got a bit of land in the back of my house. I've got, like, I've got a nice little paddock, we call them in England. I don't know what, know what a paddock is. but So I've got like, some woods, and I always have a little fire going. And I've got a little motorbike, a little scrambler motorbike. Me and my son, Rocco, are flying around on. So we've been chipping balls because he plays a lot of golf. So do mm -hmm. I. He plays better than me, actually. So we've been we've been outside all day. We've got a hot tub outside, a fire pit, a man shed, with a few games in there. Got table tennis. Five pigs. <laughs> five pigs. How did you translate that as five pigs? 
I heard five pigs. What did no, you say? A fire, a fire pit. Fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun, though. It would have been. They'd have been all right, though, because I don't eat meat anymore. So they'd have been safe. I've been actually trying to get my mom. I don't live in this house, but when I come to California, I stay with them. Mm. But I've been trying to get my mom to allow me to adopt a miniature pet, and she's having no part of it. She a miniature is pet? Fat. She wants to get a chihuahua. I've got a little chihuahua. They're just so easy. You don't even have to take them on a walk. She no doesn't even want that. But I've no. been trying to get her to get a little miniature goat. Yeah, I think that's, no, that's a bad idea. Goats eat everything. <laughs> that's what she said. In fact... Every time I bring it up to her, she gets more and more annoyed now. She's just like, why do you keep doing this? I already told you I don't want a little goat. And I'm like, she's like, what do you want? A little miniature pig? A little chicken? What's next? We don't have a farm? And I'm like, you know, a little pig wouldn't sound bad, but I get it. It just, it wouldn't, it would just be fun. I'm actually thinking about getting one for the day, Yeah. And then telling her I adopted it just so I can get her reaction on camera. She's going to flip. Does she like animals? She loves animals, but she, okay. we've been there, done that with animals. Like we've lost animals. We put them down. It's just, it's a bad experience. My mom's like, look, I got two cats left and that's all I want to worry about now. Mm. I think it's just the emotional attachment to something that probably yeah. puts her off and to getting new animals, you know? Better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. True. You know what I mean? So she might as well fall in love with that Billy Goat. And then when it's time to go, <laughs> just wave goodbye. Oh, well. I lost a dog once. I had a dog for 15 years and he broke my heart when he died. Little Sam, my little Yorkshire Terrier. So I, I get what you're saying, but it is what it is. I don't want Benji to die. He's only, what's he, he's about three, little Chihuahua. So they become part of the family, your, your family pet do. They've got do. loads of character dogs. Dogs have got character. Cats are a little bit different. Cats are just a, they're not very loyal. But dogs are, are very too close. Hey? Cats are too independent. Yeah, they are. I bought mum a cat for a birthday and she, she hates it. <laughs> I love, I love my parents' cats. I really do. But they are. They're annoying a lot, whereas dogs yeah. are less annoying to me. I think you need to crank up the, um, the the content on this podcast. I don't think people know about cats, dogs, and goats and pigs. You need to move on. Okay, relax. <laughs> just a bit of relax. advice, because I've, you know, I've got my own podcast, Frotch on Fighting. It's going really well. I just kind of just help <laughs> you where I can. Fuck off, Rachi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, one of the things I really kind of just want to talk about is now that we're home and you know there's not much to do do you have like a top five you know binge worthy shows that you would recommend to people top five binge worthy shows i've just watched a show on netflix called ozark season one and season two season one and two okay yeah good one season three is just just come out this this month i think or last month three's so, the best one though carl that one's gonna blow your mind really because I, was, yeah. I wasn't really enjoying it as much the first two of those are i was loving it and now i'm like oh it's come down a different road they've got the casino and the boat and whatever and no now they're, now they're all about expanding and she's she's kind of being a bit of a judas to him isn't she? she wants to do her own thing 
So no, I'm telling you right now, season three is the best season they've oh, really? had yet. I'll stick with it then. Yeah. I'll stick with it. I just watch a lot of um, like documentaries as well, rather than just shows. I've seen like a lot of the shows from when I was boxing. I know there's new stuff coming out all the time. But I used to binge on them box sets when I was training because you got a lot of time in between camp, in between like sessions. So now I just watch documentaries. I watched that one called Vaxxed about the vaccines that were giving kids autism. That's really bad. Big pharma companies rolling out the mandatory, rolling out the vaccinations. So it's called Vaxxed, V A W X E D. And it kind of shows you what the big pharmaceutical companies are about in terms of when they roll out a, van, uh, a, a vaccine, even though they, they realised that it was giving children autism and triggering autism, they still carry on to, to inject the vaccine. And I think there's a chance that this coronavirus, it's a good opportunity for Bill Gates to come out and um, all of a sudden he's got this vaccine that he wants everyone to take. I don't know what people's feelings are on vaccine, vaccinations, but I know Bill Gates don't get his own kids vaccinated, but he's the vax master. The, the Gates, the, the, the Melinda and Gates Foundation. But we don't want to go down the, the road of conspiracy theories on your podcast either, so I'll keep my tinfoil hat in the drawer <laughs> for this show. Well, anyone who knows me knows I enjoy a good conspiracy. I am just somebody naturally who questions everything. So um, do you think on that basis that we have been to the moon as human beings? 1969, Buzz Aldrin, Lance Armstrong, no, sorry, Neil Armstrong, I got the cyclist then. Do you think we've been to the moon? I will say this. The moon is the closest planet to us and the least frequented by our astronauts. So... If you go they've back, never been, they've never been to any other planet, have they? They've sent probes, allegedly. Right. Never been to any other planet. I, but see, we're gonna get, in, we're gonna get into this topic because I know. Look, I respect everyone's opinion. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And yeah, when I, I think, do you think I, we went to the moon? That was the question. Huh? Even Buzz Aldrin said we never went to the moon, and he was one of the um, astronauts. Now we can't go to the moon now. You know, they said, we haven't got the technology to go to the moon. So we had the technology in 1969, and all the telemetric data has been lost, and now we can't go to the moon in 2020. Well, I that's what I'm saying. I can't get my head around that. There's something strange about, you know, we've been there, but the let's move on to other planets. Yeah, the whole space yeah. race with Russia. I don't know. Okay. I'm leaning more towards that we live in an, an enclosed system. We can't leave the planet. We can't leave... Is it even a planet? Is it, is it even spherical? It could be flat for all we know. We've never been high enough to see the curvature of the Earth. I've got this thing with my brother at the minute, my older brother. Mm -hmm. So he's a flat earther. So he's a big fan of that Mark Sargent. I don't know if you know who he is. Mark Sargent's like the, the leader of the Flat Earth Society. We've had him on our British television on GMTV. Philip Schofield was trying to, trying to denounce him and tried to ruin him. But he was too clever. He's come across really, really well. Mm -hmm. And... Um, if you try and prove that the Earth is a globe and prove that it's spherical by shape, you basically fail. I've failed for like 18 months trying to prove to my brother that the Earth is not flat. So I've given up now. <laughs> so I'm not a flat Earth. I don't think the Earth's flat. But I also don't think the Earth's round. I don't think it's a globe. I'm like on the fence. Until I go high enough to see it and see the curve of the Earth, 
I don't know where the hell we are. What we're on? For all we know, it is flat. For all we know, there's a firmament dome that, that separates the water, like it says in the Bible. But all these images from NASA, all these CGI images, fake space images that they've got, I ain't buying any of that. And that space station as well, it looks dodgy to me. They're hanging up on harnesses making that they're floating. Don't look right. But I definitely think we're not being told the full truth. There's no doubt about the, that. When did the government ever tell us the truth? Never. <laughs> when did they ever tell us the truth? Look at all the conspiracies. I mean, we could go on forever. Go yeah. into 9-11. We could go into the illegal war in Iraq. You know what I mean? I just think that and, when it comes to... I'm really fascinated because I'm and I'm open-minded. I'm not somebody who's asking a question and it's going to be closed-minded about it and not not take into consideration the facts that you could possibly bring to the table. I'm definitely not that person. So I'm let's genuinely... Challenge, let's challenge all your listeners. So I'm going to do this on my podcast at some stage. I'm going to challenge my listeners to just, just tell me why the Earth's a sphere, just so I can give it to my brother. But I've asked a couple of people I know, and I know some very intelligent people. I've met some very clever people like... People who are almost, well, I think one guy is a rocket scientist. His dad's a rocket scientist. I won't mention the guy's name, but his dad's a rocket scientist. He's so clever. And um, I've asked him, I said, get hold of your dad. I can wait, that I don't mind. And just prove to me that the Earth's severe. Just tell me one or two reasons that I can now go back to my brother and say, listen, Lee, shut your mouth. You're talking bollocks. The Earth's definitely a ball. And... Lo and behold, nothing. Nothing that I've not already seen or heard. Fake space CGI images, fake NASA stuff, pictures okay, from the blue moon. No curvature. No measurable curvature. You can't measure any curvature. You're supposed to lose. The curve is eight inches per mile squared. So if you travel a mile, you lose about eight inches. Yeah? You know what eight inches is roughly, don't you? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know why that's made me laugh, but you lose eight inches per mile squared with a curve. So, there's certain things you wouldn't be able to see in the distance if you zoomed into them. They'd be disappeared behind the curve, but they're not. They're still there, like the San Francisco skyline. And then, on your news channel, they said, oh, that's a mirage. You can't really see it. You know what I mean? That was one of them, where you can see the San Francisco skyline. You can see all the buildings. And then they went on that news channel and said... That's not really there. That's just a mirage. It's a ref- ang- angular refre- reflection or whatever they said, and it's it's because of the heat and the light and whatever, and the, the image isn't there. And people are like, no, no, no. I'm zooming in with my Picon Nikon P1000 camera, zooming in, and I can see it. It's definitely there. And if the Earth was a, a ball, if it was curved, it would be too far away because it'd be hidden behind the curve. So research flat Earth and let me know what you think because it's so interesting. I'm definitely going to because, like I said, I'm open-minded. However, I don't believe in it. I, from what I've seen, I don't believe in it. From what I can gather, I believe that we do live on a planet, a circular planet at that. However, I do have two questions that maybe you can answer for me based on what Lee's told you. Yeah, Number well, one. I can answer any I, flat earth question, anyone you've got in the world, because I've had it for two years. Okay. <laughs> so. Number one. Number one is... If the world was flat, or if our, where we live is flat, would we not hit the end, or would we not, the water not fall off? No, so on the flat earth model, the waters are contained with the Antarctic, 
So we think at the minute on the globe, on the globe theory, I'm going to call it, mm-hmm. that Antarctica is its own continent at the bottom of the Earth, and it's quite a big continent, huge. Our Earthers have Antarctica around the outside circumference of the flat Earth. So imagine Earth is a plate, like a plate, mm-hmm. and the ice wall is all the way around the outside edge of the flat Earth, and that contains all the oceans and all the waters. And here's an interesting thing. If you go to the ice wall, which you can do, you can go to Antarctica, if you want to explore beyond the ice wall and go any further and have a look and go to the end, Mm -hmm. guess what? You're not allowed. There's a treaty. There's a treaty signed by 52 or 50 nations to say you cannot explore the South Arctic. Antarctic Treaty. Have a look it up. It's on Wikipedia. It's it's a fact. That NASA also... Whether or not this supports that theory or it supports another theory that I have that I also believe that there's the possibility of the inner earth. So there's the the flat earthers, the inner earthers, <laughs> there's a whole list of people. But the reptilians, I, the lizard people as well. <laughs> I just know that NASA um, actually edits the photos and when the... Um, oh the photos every single picture of Earth from space is CGI. It's computer-generated images because they say it has to be. So they take a satellite allegedly and fly around the Earth and take loads of different images, and then they make they make they compose an image out of all this data. They don't have a picture. The, 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 the day that I can go up high enough and get my iPhone out and take a picture of the spherical Earth and see the curve, that's when I believe that we're living on a spinning ball. A lot of people don't know the, ge- the, the the heliocentric model either. I nearly said geocentric model because that's another model, but the heliocentric model is where the sun's in the middle of our solar system and we rotate around the sun. So it takes us a year to get around the sun, 365 days. But a lot of people don't know and don't understand what we're, what we're actually supposed to be living on. So did you know, for example, that the Earth spins at 1,000 mile an hour? It spins at around 1,000 mile an hour. Did you know that? No. Right. So that's a day. It takes 24 hours to get around. That's one day. It's also, whilst it's spinning, it's also rotating, so orbiting around the sun. And it takes 365 years to get around the sun. That is a year. Did you know that? Yeah. You did know that. Okay. Do you know how fast the Earth has to be travelling to get around the sun in a year? How? Do you know how fast? 666,000 miles per hour. Just so happens to be 666 as well. So we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour and we're shooting around the sun at 666,000 miles as well as shooting through space. So we're spinning, orbiting and flying through space in ever-expanding space. That might Actually, I might have got my, my math wrong, my speed wrong on that last. The last one might be 666, actually shooting through space. But we orbit around the sun. Think about how far the sun away is. They're telling us how far the sun is away. Do you know how far the sun is away? Allegedly. Uh, no, I can't say at the top Sorry. of my head. So it's supposed to be 93 million miles away. Mm-hmm. So the sun's 93 million miles away. That's what we're told. And we go around the whole of the, we go around the sun. We orbit the sun. So think how fast we must be travelling and spinning and shooting through space. Yeah, every time you look up at night, you see all the same star constellations. And they're supposed to be 
thousands, hundreds of millions of miles away, light years away. Well, you don't always see the moon, though. Yeah, but forget the moon for now. The moon's the moon's orbiting within our within our close system. The, the the moon's supposed to be closer, and the sun's supposed to be a lot closer than what they're telling us in the flat Earth model. But think about all the stars. You look up, you can see all the stars. Orion's Belt. You can see all the different star constellations. I don't want to name them all for you, but you can see all them. If we're spinning and orbiting and shooting through space, why can we still see the same stars every night for the last two thousand twenty years? Why aren't, they, why aren't we leaving them behind? I've always, I mean, you said that it goes for one day. You said. I don't think you're going to be able to answer that. I don't think this podcast is going to be that straight. <laughs> the <laughs> angle you wanted to go on. People just need to research flat earth. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a flat earther because I'm not a flat earther. But it's very, very interesting when you look into it. And just a few points I've made. A lot of people don't know how fast we're supposed to be spinning and orbiting and shooting through space. And the stars are keeping up with us and they look the same every night. And they, they rotate the same every night and come back every day. And there's a lot, I think there's a lot more going off than what we're told. Or maybe a lot less. We're told that we're an insignificant speck in the middle, middle of the cosmic web. And we don't mean much. So just go to work, pay your taxes, do as you're told. You know what I mean? I'm not sure about that. I think there's more to it. I think maybe there is a creator. I think maybe there is a God. I'm not a religious person. But, you know, human beings are special. And I think Earth is a special place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lots of unanswered questions that I'd love to know. And maybe one day we'll find out. But for one now, thing I can on say, the One thing I can say is that I am 1,000% <coughs> that we are not the only um living species on earth or on out on a planet i do believe that there are other um can you stop saying planet out. it's unsettling me stop what can you stop saying planet <laughs> you just said you let's didn't move on let's move on from flat earth it's interesting look it up research flat earth it's good fun prove us wrong prove me wrong prove my brother wrong that's what we need to do well, that's what I love to do. I love to ask a bunch of questions because I feel like yeah. you're entitled to do so. I think that yeah. people should stop believing everything they're just told and actually do a bit of research themselves. I mean, we're living that's in a very, that's age. very anti. That's very anti-establishment. You'll be banned. You'll get banned for that. Shut up. I just yeah. think that we're there's in a, a called, There's a guy called David Ike. Have you seen David Ike? Oh yeah. Yeah, well, he's getting he's had his YouTube channel shut down and banned. He had the second largest streamed YouTube channel last week with that guy from Real London. I can't remember the guy's name, Real London, and it, and they banned him and took him off YouTube. And everyone was interested in watching it and wanting to know what he's got to say, whether it's right or wrong. He's he's got the he's allowed to what is it Second Amendment? He's got the right to speak freely and have an opinion. And they basically took him down. So yeah, yeah, there's been. There's been a lot of censorship, I'll say that much. Um, Why is there so much censorship? Someone wants to talk about flat earth, let them talk about it. Just call them a nutter, just say, oh, you're a tinfoil hat wearer. Someone wants to talk and say that 5G is potentially linked to the coronavirus. Mm. Whether it's right or wrong, it's an opinion. And yeah, you, don't have to, you don't have to take it as the truth, do you? you just, it's yeah. nice to, you know, if, to, to let people have freedom of speech and have an opinion. And you don't have to listen to it or subscribe to it, do you? You know what I mean? I think no, it's I, bad and I think it's dangerous when they stop us from 
from expressing ourselves and from having an opinion. And the minute that stops, that's the minute that'll take over us. No, I completely agree with that. And I can personally say that, you know, there's been instances where I've been warned about something and I'm not saying anything out of the ordinary. I'm just simply asking questions. And if that makes me, you know, wrong, then so be it. But I think we're all entitled to have an opinion and not shoot for having one either. That guy's called the real Brian Rose. So his name, his name's Brian Rose. And he's got a thing called London Real. Uh-huh. And, um, London Real TV on Instagram. And he's really, really interested. And he, he's got a, he did a massive interview, like a two and a half hour interview with a guy called David Icke. People might know him and they might think he's a lunatic because he called himself the son of God once and uh, used to be a newsreader. But it's very interesting, his take on what's happening with the world at the minute and the new world order and the takeover. Mm-hmm. But we can't talk about this too much because I know, gonna, I know. We'll get banned. We're gonna go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it'll get flagged. It'll flag up. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a flat earther. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe in this and disbelieve in that. What I do is I just take all the information in, and you know, try and process it best I can, and then just draw my own conclusion, and then just kind of leave everybody else to their opinion. If somebody somebody believes in God, leave, let them believe in God. Let them be happy. Yeah. If somebody doesn't believe in God, don't tell them God exists. You know, why don't you believe in God? He's entitled to do, he's got allowed, he's allowed to not believe in God. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Give people, give people the freedom to express themselves without being criticised or without being um, censored. I mean, there's too much censorship at the minute. We've had a little bit of Flat Earth chat and a little bit of fake moon landing chat, and now we've touched on Brian Rose, <laughs> the coronavirus. So this is this is going to be up there with the um, conspiracy channels. This is, but this ain't about boxing. You need to you need to go onto the boxing. No, 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 no. We're getting we're getting there, but the whole concept of my podcast does touch on conspiracies. So right, okay. that is part of what I am a you know. Attempting well, to do. Well, you're from America, so let's just do one quick last one then. Okay. What do you make of 9 11? <sighs> Is it a conspiracy theory related to that? Did they know it was happening? Is it real? Did something else happen? All I'm going to say is I don't. What happened to that plane at the Pentagon that evaporated? Huh? A plane crashed into the Pentagon, right? They didn't find anything. They didn't find the undercarriage. They didn't find a seat. They didn't find a panel with a pot rivet in it or an engine, a, a four-ton engine. It all evaporates on impact. I so, think one of the most concerning things, Carl, is that with all of the evidence that supports exactly what you just said, most will still believe that that's exactly what happened. And even though all the evidence supports otherwise, Oftentimes, ignorance is bliss, so sometimes it's best to believe that, you know, we are living in, you know, this sweet little world where we're always told the truth, Mm. and the reality is we're not, and again, people can disagree with me, it does not matter, I'm not, all I'm saying is, if you do your own research, don't take what one person says Do your own research, that's it, do your own research, don't, don't, don't run the results down anybody's neck or what you found out, don't run it down the neck, just... Try and advise them. I did a lot of research on um, on alternative cures for cancer when my father-in-law was dying. He, he mm-hmm. passed away last year. Um, it was really sad. Uh, he passed away in July. Um, but 
I was looking to holistic treatment for him. You know, different ways of, of regenerating the body and the cells and, and getting rid of cancer without actually going on chemotherapy or any other kind of, you know, radiotherapy, anything evasive. And it was fascinating what I found out about, about what is in our food in the Western world, what happens to our meat before it hits our plate, what, what processed foods that mean and what E-numbers are and emulsifiers and aspartame sweeteners and acylfame um, K and all these different chemicals and different ingredients in processed foods in our foods that are on the shelf that you feed you feed your kids and you put in your mouth and you ingest on a daily basis all cancer causing chemicals and, and harmful substances in in regular everyday food so I I, I, now, I now live off a raw food diet I distill all my own water I don't even trust tap water and I'm a vegetarian I eat fish but I have to know where it's come from where it's been sourced and I've got an allotment at the back of my garden, I grow my own potatoes, my own carrots, my own veg, my own tomatoes in my greenhouse. I've kind of, I'm not turned into a weirdo, but no. I just don't trust anything that I buy from the shop. Uh, Sainsbury's, which is a, a grocery store in England, they do a really good home delivery service and they've got a good range of organic produce. So I order a lot of my stuff off Sainsbury's and have it delivered. But a lot of stuff that I can grow myself, I'll grow. I'm a vegetarian now. Um, I accept that 10% of my diet comes from eating out. And when you go out to eat, you don't always know what you're eating. But if you've got a good immune system, a strong, healthy, fit immune system, you can cope with so much crap in your body. You just can't cope with it all the time. But it's amazing the amount of crap people eat. I mean, America, it's a massive works. problem. And the food, the, some of the stuff you've got on your shelves, bloody hell, it'll blow your mind. It, it's, it's banned in most countries, banned in England, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. But over there, it's kind of kind of okay to eat. Like some of the cereals that the kids eat, some of the chemicals in it and the, the false vitamins and minerals that are all sort of scientifically engineered. So the synthetic vitamins and minerals, not even proper vitamin C and proper vitamin D and vitamin A. It's, it's man-made in a lab. Let's look, and it's like... I, I don't know, um, you should eat a healthy, raw food diet and just try and be as clean as you can. I mean, you're not going to live forever, but it gives you a better chance of living a healthy life. Right. One of the things that I want to do before we move on to the next topic is um, just encourage people to check out the new documentary that's going to be coming out um, on Dr. Sebi. Have you, you've, I'm sure, heard of Dr. Sebi, who has um, claimed to have cured cancer patients and HIV patients and uh, was unfortunately he died. I, I just encourage people to, to read up on that. Uh, I'm not going to go into making accusations. It's just... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Michelle. You're, you're, you're braver than me. Okay. You're braver than me. <laughs> Why? Well, we're talking about Dr. Sebi now. Someone who I've studied and listened to and I know quite a lot of. And I think it's fascinating some of his some of his findings, and you can link Doctor Sebi to a guy called Nipsey Hussle as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, that that's what most people probably have heard of his name was because he uh, Nipsey Hussle was very much yeah. Um, yeah. involved in that and and yeah. talked about it. So that's all I'm going to say is uh, do your research, uh, look up. Uh, Dr. Sebi, it's, it's S-E-B-I, and then we will move on now to boxing, baby.
Finally. What you're good at, right, Carl? We got there. <laughs> we got there. All right. So obviously, you you put yourself back into the headlines when talking about uh, Joe Kozahi. And I know it kind of came up just because, you know, Eddie Hearn mentions the whole idea of possibly doing, you know, virtual press conferences that, uh, yeah. you know, fights that never happens, but the fans wanted to see happen, which I think is a great idea. It's fun. Um, but we also know that you've both been retired. You're happily retired. You've been retired now, what, six years? He's been retired over 10 years. So it does pique a lot of people's interest. However, Let's just start with, first and foremost, you've, you've made comments about you feel like he's never given you the credit that you deserve. Is that why now, more so than ever, you're, you feel free to kind of say what's on your mind, I guess? You're, you're a little bit more vocal about kind of taking jabs at him. Is that because it's, a, it's more personal with you that he never gave you the credit? Not at all, no. I'm not asking for credit off Joe Calzaghe. I, I, I say quite a lot of stuff about Joe Calzaghe, and a lot of it's tongue-in-cheek. I'm not really too concerned or too bothered about him. The only time I think about him or talk about him is when I'm asked. And um, you're right, Eddie Hearn wants to do a virtual press conference. He mentioned maybe doing something with Joe Calzaghe. And I said, yeah, that'd be good fun. Try and get him out of retirement. He's like, what, would you, would you fight? Would you come out of retirement? Listen, if Calzaghe wants to fight now, it is hate his age and the state of him, the way he looks, to me, he's not been living the life. He doesn't look fit and well and healthy. Um, if he all of a sudden said, right, I'll fight Frotch for his cheek, of course I'll fight him. Easy job, easy work. But it's not going to happen. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and suddenly want to go start running and want to go in the gym and start sparring anyway. And he's not certainly not going to want to do that. Um, but if I'm asked the question... Would you fight Kawasaki? The, the answer is yes. I'd like to fight Joe Kawasaki. Of course I would. It's not going to happen. It's it's like, it's one of them things, isn't it? It's just like a fantasy fight. It's nothing nothing real about it. It's done and dusted. I'm happily retired. Like I said, I've been retired nearly six years now. Um, six years on the 25th of May was um, when I knocked out George Groves in front of 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium. And that was a, that was a big, big moment in my career. You need to it's make such a big moment. I, um, I told Floyd Mayweather about it when I met him. The Conor McGregor fight. And he was looking at me as if to say, what is this kid from England talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is I wrong with this lad? So anyway, the Carl's Aggie thing's done and dusted. Doesn't matter. He vacated his belt. I picked the belt up off Pascal, the vacant title. I had an amazing career. He had a great career. If, if when we anyone look wants to do a virtual press conference i'll do one when we look back on that time of you know when the fight was possible why do you feel that he didn't fight you i think he was worried about fighting me i was a young gun coming through fit young strong punch hard unbeaten not time most of my opponents i think he was thinking to himself am i going to pay am i going to get paid a great deal here for fighting Farage? Uh, but it's a risky fight so they played to him. Went over to America. He fought Roy Jones Jr., who was an old and finished. And he fought Hopkins, who was old. But I'm not going to say Hopkins was old and finished because Hopkins went on to do good things after mm -hmm. after um, losing to Calzaghe. So that was a good win for Calzaghe beating Hopkins because Hopkins mm -hmm. has been a, Hopkins was a nightmare right up until his last couple of fights when he retired. Even in his 40s, he was still a good fighter. 
and Calzaghe beat him. But it was bloody close. He got dropped in round one, and he only just won. And not many people had him winning on the scorecards in America, I know. So, you know, he went over to America. He beat Roy Jones. He beat Hopkins. And that was the end of him. I think he should have fought me, but I can see why he didn't. So, is this virtual press conference going to happen? Or is or what's sure. preventing I it? Think, I don't think so. I think he's a bit of a non-star. I think he's going to do it, but I think he's a bit of a non-star to me and Kawasaki. I'm never really that complimentary about Joe Kawasaki when I talk about him, and it's not for any reason because I've got no beef with him at all. He's, he's good. He's really good friends with uh, a good friend of mine, Darren Barker. Mm-hmm. And Darren Barker assures me that Kawasaki is a real good bloke, so I take his word for it. And I think Joe Kawasaki probably is a good bloke, and I reckon if I met up with him and we went for a round of golf, we'd probably have a good chat, and we'd have a good laugh, and we'll be sound with each other. But it's never happened. We've, we've not seen each other, we've not met each other properly, we've never had a chat. So all I know is, Kawasaki talks about how he would have beat me easily. I think, no, I'd, I'd knock you out. <laughs> Every time our names are mentioned in the same in the same sentence, it's always me giving him a bit of stick and him giving me a little bit of stick back. But there's no genuine animosity. I've got nothing against Joe Kawasaki, if I'm totally honest. There's no hard feelings at all. I can I can sit here and quite confidently say that Joe Kawasaki was a great fighter. He's retired undefeated, 46 fights undefeated. Mm-hmm. And he was a top, top fighter. I can't really give him any stick. He's really tough, strong, super fit. He's got fast hands. He was a hell of a fighter to beat. To try and beat Kawasaki, it's hard work. He'd probably got to knock him out or knock him over a few times. I think he could have done it. But of course I'm going to back myself. He thinks he's going to win. I think I'm going to win. Um... But the fight never happened. And the reason it didn't happen is because he didn't fancy the Cobra hitting him <laughs> on the chin. <laughs> the only reason it didn't happen. I think, no extend, I think you should extend an invite. I think you guys should formally meet. And I think you guys yeah, should possibly, take a possibly. photo of you guys possibly. out on the range, hitting a but, few balls, and put it on social media. Yeah, potentially. He lives in Wales, though, and I live in England, and well, not I right have, now, obviously. I, I, I don't have any time in my life for a new friend right now. Oh, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> what was Jim- that cable guy? That was Jim Carrey and cable guy, wasn't it? <laughs> do you, I don't do you have any room. I don't have any room in my life for a new friend. Conference, though. What's that, sorry? Have you, have you said yes to Eddie Hearn? Like, yes, I will do this virtual press conference. Oh, I've said I'll do it, but he's not got back to me. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll see, I guess. Do you feel yeah, that I there think. was, there was, or do you feel that there is anyone currently, middle or super middle, that that you could beat even... Or do you feel that you would still beat them all? Sorry, I'm not getting my question out right. Do you feel that there's... If I could get myself, if I could get myself into, the, into the shape I used to be in, if I could get myself as fit as I was, where I can do 12 rounds at a pace, and uh, I've still got punch resistance and the ability to take a shot, I'd beat all the super middleweights. I'd beat Callum Smith. I'd beat Billy Joe Saunders. I'd back myself to beat any of them. I think the division's weak at the minute. Chris Eubank Jr., he's a middleweight. There's nobody out there. That, you know, Joe Kazaki retired. I've retired. Kessler's gone. Arthur Abraham's finished. Um, Jermaine Taylor, he was he was pretty much finished. You know, I fought him 
back in 2009, in April 2009, and it was it was done then. So you know, boxing's all about timing, and and that tough era of super middleweights is gone now. It's done, and I'm not giving any of them fighters I've just mentioned any stick. But I used to spar with Callum Smith, and you know, no problems. I've sparred with Chris Eubank Jr. He's, he's not a super middleweight though. He's too light. Billy Joe Saunders maybe a bit different. Got fast hands. I rate him. I think he's a good fighter. Um, he talks too fucking much. Gets himself into trouble too much. Um, but he's um, I don't know. I don't think he's big enough for me. Kelly Golovkin. I've said the same again. Middleweight. I'm too big and too strong for him. Canelo. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. What about Canelo's past his Canelo's well past his best. Well past his best. He fades after six rounds. He beat... Well, who did he beat? He beat um, Kovalev. Kovalev, bloody quick. Took a right hand and he was gone. He was finished. Kovalev quit against Andre Ward, should I say. He got hit low, then he quit. And when he fought... Um, when he fought Canelo, got hit with like half a right hand and a left hook wobbled him. He got hit with a right hand. Canelo... Um, He's, he's been fortunate with his time at the end of his career. Stepping up to light heavyweight and fighting an absolute finished um, Kovalev doesn't prove anything to me. I think I think the Canelo Triple G fight is still an interesting fight, even though Triple G is now getting old. Um, but Canelo's obviously big business, big money, and he's the biggest star really, and he's, 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 he does own the biggest fighter and his biggest signing. So you know, they probably won't appreciate me giving him stick. So, obviously, you know that uh, the fight between Canelo and Billy Joe was pretty much a done deal. Basically, got postponed due to the coronavirus. Um, now we're hearing that Canelo may potentially pass up the Billy Joe fight and just go into the trilogy with Triple G. Um, if he did fight, let's just say for, for whatever miraculous reason, Billy Joe does get the fight next, given that the September fight was supposed to be against Triple G. Um, how did you see that working out? Did you see Canelo uh, winning that fight or did you see Billy Joe winning that fight? I think it's a 50-50 fight and it goes either way. It either goes with Canelo stopping Billy Joe. Billy Joe's tough, good fighter, fast hands, high work rate, very mm -hmm. slick, more skillful than what he gets credit for. Um, so, yeah, it gets chinned. He ever gets knocked out by Canelo, which I don't know if I can see Billy Joe Saunders getting knocked out. He's got that he's got that fighting spirit, that gypsy spirit, that heart, and he's tough. So you could say that result, or you could say Billy Joe wins on points because Canelo fades after round six. I've seen him fade in his last three fights after round six. I was there for the Jacobs fight, and it was blowing by all accounts, and. Like I say, the Kovalev fight, I wasn't impressed at all. Kovalev was a shadow of himself. And I think Billy Joe sticks the pace on him early and makes him work and gives him movement and boxes and throws plenty of punches. You could easily see Billy Joe. So I could easily make a case for Billy Joe to win that on points, provided he doesn't get hurt, which could happen. Because the one thing Canelo will always have is, is decent power. Right. Um, between middle, super middle, and light heavy, is there anyone that you could see just beating Canelo? 
Light overweight, you've got Beta Bev, you've got a couple of half decent light overweights coming through as well. Um, but the younger ones that are coming through, you know, you've got to say they're not ready for him yet. He's at the end of his career now, Canelo. He's only going to take on oh. a marquee fight. Well, I think so. I mean, he's been around for years. How many fights has he had? Over 50? Yeah. He's supposed to have a 10 fight deal with his own. There'll be nothing left of him in, 10 fight, in, in about another four fights. So, yeah, unless he's matched up well, he can't have another four hard battles. How old is he, Canelo? I believe he's 28. Let me double is that check. All he that. Is? You know what but it is? He probably is young. He's younger than what I'm probably thinking he is, but because he's, he's been around for so long, he's had a long career. He's had a lot of fights, and it's not the age of the car, it's the miles on the clock. And I just think he's he's been he's had a lot of training camps, he's had a lot of fights, and he's he's pretty much he's getting there now towards He's twenty nine. Yeah, well, it'll be a very old thirty one, trust me. Very, very old thirty one. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what about the light heavyweight division? Any of the champions you see uh, being successful with dethroning Canelo? Um, he's probably top of the one out there, and he's he's, he's he's the pick of the bunch. You've got to say Canelo's, but he's not he's not at light heavyweight anymore, is it? No, but he still considers the option of uh, bouncing between the three. I mean, at least that's what Oscar De La Hoya said. Yeah. Who would you like to see Canelo fight at light heavyweight that would potentially take the fight? Well, I know Bivol wants it. Pardon? Bivol wants it. Yeah, Bivol's, I, I like Bivol. I was I was in um, Monaco when he knocked out that Australian. That was the first time I seen him, and I was impressed with his power. But since then, he's he's not as devastating as I thought he was. But it's a good fight for Canelo, Bivol. I think regardless, Canelo's sitting in a really nice position because he's no, you know, he's not going to have any shortage of uh, future opponents. Whereas some people struggle to get a good fight. I think that he's going to be fine for the next several years. As to you know, who's the golden ticket, next, if you can, if you, if you fight him, if you fight Canelo, you're earning big money. That's what it is. So that's that's the reason. Is the signing? Who would you say signed up to fight for with his own? Who would you say is the biggest superstar in boxing today? It's between it's between Canelo because he's probably the biggest draw, the biggest name. Um, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, but in in order of them three, because you've got a lot of good fighters coming through, but they're not big enough names. They're not. Yeah, they're, not, they're not big enough stars. Heavyweight boxing is always, always bigger and and more exciting to watch, more sought after. Not always so much exciting to watch because Prince Nassim Hamid back in the day was a featherweight and he was he was very exciting. Floyd Mayweather was was a mega fighter and everyone wanted to watch him. Most of them wanted to see him get beat, um, so they're all pissed off that he retired unbeaten. But the biggest stars in boxing, yeah, I think um, I think it's got to be Tyson Fury for me. Before we go, Carl, I, I definitely want to ask you uh, what your thoughts are on Chris Eubank Jr. training with Roy Jones at the moment. Um, I had a couple of exchanges of messages with um, Eubank Jr. a couple of weeks ago. And I said, are you still fighting or what? And he said, no, I'm not retired yet. I'm still young. I went, yeah, but you don't fight very often. 
and he just seemed to be floating around in his sports car, living the life of a of a superstar. Are you actually going to fight again? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm fighting soon. Um, and that was it. That was the end of the conversation because I was trying to get him to come and play a game of poker with me. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, a brand ambassador for Party Poker, a big company called B-Win Party now. Um, it's a European company. I've, I've been playing poker for a while and Chris Eubank loves a game of poker. So I was trying to get him in. <clears throat> and I think he's going to join us, but the, the, the charity match that we were doing got cancelled due to this... Um, this virus, <clears throat> but to answer your question, I think Chris Eubank Jr. is a great talent. I like watching him; he's exciting, very tough. I know he's tough because I think more of best shot in sparring, and he just smiles at me and keeps coming. Um, he's really fit, and I think being trained by someone like Roy Jones could add to his game a little bit because the one thing he's missing, Eubank, is a bit of boxing ability. He doesn't box very well. He likes to just get stuck in. And, and have a fight and he can move he's quite skillful and he knows how to defend himself but he a little bit like me opts to just get stuck in because he's tough and he loves to fight but if Roy Jones can get him jabbing a bit more and get him thinking about his, his distance and his timing I think he could add to his game um, obviously Roy Jones Jr. is, is a, an absolute legend he's one of my favourite fighters when I used to watch boxing but um, I don't know if that makes him a good trainer or not. And I don't know how good he is at training people and what he can, if anything, can pass on to, 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 to fighters. I don't think I'd make a very good trainer. Um, and that's why I've never tried to train anybody. I take my son down the gym every now and again, but <clears throat> I haven't got patience or the, or the desire to train. I find I've got no, no patience at all now. I'm homeschooling. And I'm yeah, and I realised I can't do I can't do a nine year old's maths homework. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need to know what six fourths of two hundred and thirty is? <laughs> Fractions. When are you ever gonna need to know that? I know. It's ridiculous. I even see my nieces and nephews homework and I'm like, they come up to me and ask me, Auntie, how do I do this? And I'm like, What the hell are they teaching you? Like I've never even seen that in my entire adult life. I've never needed any of this. And I mean, unless I guess you want to become like an, an astronaut or uh, a scientist, you need to know all of these formulas and stuff. But just because you just mentioned training, what do you think of Floyd Mayweather saying that he plans to train his nephew and really, you know, take that on in, in I guess, in honor of his late uncle? Yeah, it's interesting if, he could, if, he's got the, if he's got the desire to do it and he's got the time and the patience. Anyways, it's full on. It's a full time job training fighters. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I wouldn't put Floyd Mayweather in that bracket of of good trainers and somebody who's got the um, the mindset to actually train somebody. But I don't know. What do I know? Is he? He still looks after Javante Davis, right? He like took him on under his wing. He's not what? He, does he still look after Javante Davis? He's got yes. him under. It's kind of he's quite close to him. I know he doesn't train him. But no, he doesn't. If he's going to start training somebody, there's got to be something in it for him. He's either doing it for publicity or he's doing it for some kind of stunt because he ain't going to be around the gyms training somebody full time. He's too busy. He's too busy spending his money, flying around the world in his private jets and flying. Living ridiculous, life. Ridiculous diamond. That's not even living life, though, is it? Living life is. Living life is being with your family and being with people that you love and respect 
and that's what they've been live traveling around flashing material objects around and um just i, I like floyd mayweather so i'm, I'm gonna buy my tongue but i don't consider basically, that to be living life. basically you guys just live your lives differently yeah yeah that's right look Fletchy. I'm glad, thankful for you to take time out to actually do this. I know we we jumped yeah, around in commerce, different topics. You've took the piss as well a little bit. It's 25 past oh, 11. Oh. I should be asleep now. Oh, you know, looking looking this good does not mean I go to bed late. <laughs> I'm eating oh, into my, my eight hours sleep. Right now. now is what we're going to do. We're going to what? No, you're, when you're going on about your looks, I'm just going to go ahead and press stop recording is what we're going to do. Oh, you finished it. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> yeah, I've Have you finished rolling or are we still talking on the podcast? We're still talking on the podcast. Still talking. No, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Michelle. It's, it's, been, it's been good to touch on a couple of conspiracy theories at the beginning. So I think we just need to, we just need to um, point out that the opinions at the beginning was all of our own, but it was based on research and knowledge that we've taken in on ourselves. You mentioned Dr. Sebi, I mentioned Flat Earth. Just want to clear up that I'm not a Flat Earther. <laughs> um, I'm dubious and intrigued as to whether or not we have been to the moon or not. I really, I really would love to know. I mean, there's so many unanswered questions and so many conspiracy theories out there that I don't think you'd ever, ever know. But I do find certain subject matters fascinating. And um, I think the health one, you know, being healthy and being taking a holistic approach, if you do fall ill, is always worth um, exploring. It's always worth the avenue. You know, for example, if, if somebody was to get cancer, and a lot of people get cancers now, don't just jump straight into doctors and accept chemotherapy, for example. Just look at what other options you've got before you go straight on chemo. I'm not saying don't have chemotherapy, but I'm saying look at your options because your options. there's there's other options out there that, that, that work for people. You know, And I just think people should be open-minded, do their own research, and take two, three, or four separate trails of opinion before they commit to doing anything with your health. Um, and yeah, I don't want to talk any more about space, flat earth, the heliocentric model, whether or not there's an Antarctic tree to, to stop you from getting to the edge of the earth and falling off. Anyway, if, if the earth was flat, right, this is my last one, I'm going to end on this. <laughs> if the earth was flat, I think cats would have pushed all the things off the end by now. There'd be nothing left because they've all been pushed off the end. Yeah, don't you think that? We're talking about cats earlier, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. I won't, won't. Don't forget! Don't forget to tell your your listeners to 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 comment, like, and share. You know, leave an opinion. Opinions are valued. Don't just go on there and give rubbish opinions and be critical for the sake of it, because they'll just be ignored by by the wonderful Michelle Joy Phelps, who knows her boxing. By the way, she knows her boxing inside out. This we haven't talked much boxing, but she's a clever girl. She's been around the game for a lot longer than a lot of people that listen and follow this sport, and she knows her stuff. So I leave some constructive comments. I'm not even going to say criticism because there's not much to criticise really about a legend in the game talking to a top journalist, top female journalist. Do you call yourself a journalist? No, I call myself a reporter. A reporter. Because okay. I report the news. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, 
just um, it'd be nice to get your feedback. And yeah. good luck with the podcast, Michelle. Thank you. Well, thank you for being the first well. guest. I appreciate it. Who do I send my invoice to? <laughs> and <Hey>. we're ending here. <laughs> thank you for watching Behind the Mic with yours truly. And a massive thank you to my pal Carl Frotch for doing my first episode. You can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Join me in the future episodes as I interview some of your favorite fighters and explore some of the most talked about topics. Don't forget to rate, like, and comment. I'd also like to know who you'd like to hear me interview on my podcast next, so feel free to shoot me a tweet or leave an Instagram comment. And thank you for your continued support here on Behind the Gloves. We hit 200,000 subscribers, and I couldn't be more grateful. Bye, fight fans.